everyone, and welcome back for episode 43 of The Path Podcast. I am Jason. I'm Derek. And we are glad that you have decided to join us as we continue down the path this week. Uh, we're going to look at, um, kind of recap from a very powerful Sunday that we got to experience here at Lafayette First. It was exciting yesterday uh, around here. Um, and then we want to talk about... Um, worship in the early church. And I know you may be thinking, wow, that sounds super interesting, <laughs> but uh, hopefully you're going to get to see something really cool uh, today. And um, we'll, we'll kind of flip roles for a little bit in the second half of this episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Derek, before we get into that, why don't you, um, first off, let's just celebrate how good God is. Yes. That, um, yes. God, so God is at work in our midst <laughs> here and it is so incredible to get to be a part of it. Uh, just to to witness God doing things that only God can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the fact, one of the conversations that you and I and, and Roger have had is that I love that we can take no credit for what for no, what God no, is doing right none now. whatsoever. Um, God yeah. is working in doing things that we, mm-hmm. have, we have no hand in. Yeah. Uh, but then we get to just sort of tag along for the ride, yeah. which has been really fun. Um, so talk about, for a second, just, if you know, what, what are your... Thoughts from yesterday, and then let let us let's think about what what's the handle to hold yeah. on to from from uh, Judges four and five yesterday. Yeah, so we we are airing this on Tuesday, so we're we're talking mm-hmm. about it Monday, and that's because this morning that's entire like this, <laughs> right. we were celebrating and uh, talking yeah. about how God had moved and was moving um, yesterday and on Sunday morning. Um, what's Jason already alluded to it. You know, it's it's amazing, and it just like even today, pieces are coming together we didn't even mm-hmm. know about. Yeah, God is still revealing His work in in our in our midst. Uh, received an email uh, mm-hmm. this morning uh, from Allie, uh, young lady that was baptized yesterday, yeah. telling us a little bit more of her story yeah. and just how God has been working in her life. Recently, yeah, for over a decade, yes, yeah, but, and yeah. even more so yeah. recently, and how yesterday was just an answer to prayer for her mm-hmm. that uh, God was um, doing something amazing in her life uh, that couldn't have fallen together had Samantha Barker not come to me um, mm-hmm. several weeks ago and said. Uh, God is telling me to be baptized. Is that okay? Can I do that? And we're like, <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, I heard her story and I'm like, man, that would be so powerful right. uh, for, for, for God to just use that. Um, that wouldn't have lined up with our, with our, the message yesterday, man, in Judges. Yeah. Chapter four and five. <laughs> right. That we had, would have never thought we'd be doing a yeah. baptism service when we, when we put this together months ago that we would be in Judges, that we would do this passage. Yeah. Today, God just orchestrated all those things, and there's no way, absolutely no way, I can take credit, you could take credit, uh, even um, Samantha or Allie, God is just working and moving uh, in amazing ways. For sure. uh, That we're, (laughs) it's kind of like we're just sitting back and watching God go, you know, and Mm -hmm. it shouldn't surprise us. Yeah, but um, but but it still is amazing, right? And that's the 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 case, uh, even yesterday. Yeah, and following, and it really just comes down to really two sides of one point, right? There was mm-hmm. two points, but it's really two sides of it. Number one, uh, we said that the experiences of our life help inform us of our plight, 
and um, that plight is that we need God, and and th- mm-hmm. that plight is on any human being, right? Yeah. Any human being has the same plight. I need God. Has the same difficulty. Has the same um, thing hovering over their life, and yeah. that is, I cannot do this alone. I need God to do it. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that, you know, in our in our society, particularly in the West, particularly in the United States. Um, you know, um, we are not dependent. We are not desperate mm-hmm. very often. And because we lack that desperation, we don't see our plight. Yeah, it's hidden from us. It's masked from us. It's 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 in the background. It's in the shadows of our lives. And when something difficult does come up, the experiences that we face, but or even something amazing or whatever, that's when God points it out to us and says, "Listen, you need me. Yeah, and you need my presence. And I don't need it just like once and for all." You know, hey, walk the aisle. Jesus saved me. Let me just walk the aisle. I need it every day. Yeah. Uh, I, I read a quote this <laughs> this uh, week uh, that someone asked Charles Spurgeon, which was more important, reading your Bible or praying? And he says, which which is more important, breathing in or breathing out? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like you need God every day, just like you need breath every day. Mm-hmm. You need the presence of God in your life every day. Oh. And that's all of us. That That's... That is every human being's plight, right? Right. Now, some people unfortunately won't won't realize that until it's too late. Yeah. Which is why we have to be telling people, right, mm-hmm. to help them to see that, and they don't want to see it. So you know that they'll they'll will be met with, you know, joy in some cases and, and difficulties in others. Yeah. But well, and it's, we it's, should want to tell absolutely, and it, it's a very human thing to be. Uh, to push back against that, no, I don't. I don't yeah. need anybody's help. I can do this all myself. Yeah. I don't need your help, and and I especially don't need God's help no. because I can do this all by myself. Right. And particularly in the West, particularly yeah, particularly in the West. You're right, but it's it's such a. I don't think we need to view it as such this weird outlying thing. Like no. that's inside everyone. It is in everyone. And yeah. I would say even the enemy would want that to be magnified in your life. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, more so than um, more so than you feeling like you needed God. Mm-hmm. The enemy wants us to feel like we are our own God. Yeah. We're ourself is our own God and we're we're able to take care of ourselves. That's why I said, you know, the Bible and particularly the book of Judges needs to be like a mirror yeah. for us to peer into our own soul and see what's really there. Right. Uh, and so because of that, uh, that that is the first point. The experiences of our lives, or that's the first side of the coin, if you will. The experiences of our lives help inform us of our plight, and that is that we need God's presence. The, conversely, the other side of the coin is that once we understand our plight, once we understand this difficulty, once we realize that we need God's presence, properly understanding our plight can, and that's an important word, can lead us to the proper plea that we ought to have. Mm-hmm. And that is, I will not go unless God goes with me. And that was yeah. what happened in Barak and Deborah. Yeah. Uh, Deborah was the, the prophetess. She was the, the mouthpiece for God. She represented the presence of God. And Barak is like, you know, I'm not going by myself. I know God said I would win, but I'm not going if God's not going. And I think that was related to the experiences he had yeah. faced and seeing what God was capable of, you know, or what mm-hmm. what was capable of happening if God pulled His hand uh, off the situation, right. His providence, and His and his, so He's like, oh, I want you there mm-hmm. to ensure the victory. I want you there because you're you're representing God, and I need God there. 
Mm-hmm. And that's that's what's true in our lives, you know. Yeah. And that that's every day. Uh, that's, um, you know, uh, when we wake up, as we go throughout our day, and as we go to bed, um, we need God. We need His presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need His love poured out over us, as Romans chapter 5 talks about. It gives us hope. Yeah. Uh, it gives us hope. It gives us, uh, it says, this hope will not disappoint us, Romans Five five. This hope will not disappoint us because God love God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and we need His presence. We need His love. We need Him to fill us again and yeah. again and again and again and again. And as soon as we feel like we're full, mm-hmm. we've depleted it, and we need to be yeah. filled again. Yeah. And so that's the handle. I don't know. I don't know. Like, what is the practicality of that? I, you know, what's more important, breathing in or breathing out? Breathe in God's presence today. Mm-hmm. Call out for it. Ask for it. God, be with me today. God, fill me today. God, show me yourself today. God's yeah. presence, be with me today. Be real to me today. Um, help me to see that you are here with me. Help me to be baptized or immersed into your presence again yeah. and again and again and again. And again, mm-hmm. no, I think that you know, you I think that's super practical. Yeah, that every day we have to ask God, God, fill me up for today. Yeah. I mean, his, his mercies are new every mm-hmm. morning, we mm-hmm. read in scripture, right? That, that, um, and we 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 need to ask for those mercies every day. God, get please give me more. Mm-hmm. I need more mm-hmm. today. I can't, I can't make it through on yesterday's fumes. Yeah. I need you to fill me again and, and and send me out into the world because I think that. I think that unfortunately, as followers of Christ, so often we think, no, I'm good. I got enough. I'll go out and do it. And mm-hmm. then we fall flat on our face and we're surprised yeah. by the fact that we fall flat on our face when we didn't ask God to fill us up again to go mm-hmm. out and, mm-hmm. and live in His, uh, in the power of his presence, yeah. which I think is something that I, I, I struggle with that every day. And yeah. so, I, you know, nobody's above that. It's not like you, you reach the level where you move past that in your life. And, and I would I would agree that with my own self. Like yeah. I think this is so. Um, I'm so passionate about this right now because mm-hmm. this is the work God is doing in me too. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And um, and I forget to make that known, you know. But God is working in my life in this way, mm-hmm. you know. God is working in me right now, um, uh, and I love it. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful yeah. that God is is moving in my heart. Um, uh, I've been, um, I've been battling spiritual warfare in my own heart and in my own life. Uh, sometimes I, uh, uh, my armor, you know, my I didn't put my armor on good enough, mm-hmm. and it comes undone. But then <clears throat> other days, um, you know, I spent I've spent more time in God's word, God's word, and more time in prayer with God and communication than than other days, um, and and. and and God is working in me, filling me again, giving mm-hmm. me a fresh um, dose of His presence. Yeah. You know, and and so um, yeah, we all need that. We all need it for sure. Um, and we can't be complacent, right? And and okay with just mediocrity or or. Uh, <clears throat> It needs it. It just. I want more. Yeah. You know, and I and I can't just necessarily put that on people. You know, God's grace is sufficient for sure. 
yeah. in our weaknesses, he's made strong. <clears throat> right. But uh, as I said yesterday, uh, you know, even Christians struggle with, we want comfort, we want ease, we just, you know, and I'm like, I don't, I don't want that, I want Jesus. Yeah. And I want more of him, and I want his presence in my life, and I want his power in my life, not for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm just tired of not, uh, you know, of having less than what I could, yeah. you know, or whatever. So. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think I, I really appreciated it when you said that yesterday that, um, you know, we, you, you don't see floating by or skating by in Scripture. Mm-hmm. None of the followers of Christ that you that are mentioned in Scripture, the followers of God in the Old Testament, they don't live this privileged, easy just floating through life no. type of existence. And and that's not to say that we should seek out difficulty. No. That's not what I'm saying. However, when we are being led by God, when we are when we are going with him because he's going with us, mm-hmm. that leads into a life of pouring yourself out for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the I think that's the example that you see over and over. I mean, when when I read this this verse uh, four eight, you know where Barak says, "If you'll go with me, I'll go. But if if you're not going to go with me, I won't go." I'm reminded of what Moses says in Exodus. What's that? Exodus thirty three mm-hmm, thirty four, mm-hmm. where he's talking with God up on top of the mountain, and he's like, "God's like, you know what? Listen, if you guys are going to be acting like this, just go ahead and go. That's fine. You know, go." And Moses mm-hmm. says, "No, no, 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 God." If your presence is not going with us, we're not going to go. Mm-hmm, that, we, mm-hmm. uh, we we may have messed things up. Yeah. We may have looked like we wanted to go without you, but God, we don't want to go without yeah. you. Um, and I I feel that more and more as I learn more about God that <clears throat> I do not I don't want to go if God's not there. Yeah. And um and it I think when that becomes the thing that directs all of our decision making, mm-hmm. your prayer life grows. Yeah. <laughs> your devotion to the mm-hmm. Lord grows. Your time in the Word grows because. In order to understand and know, am I going in a direction that God's going? You got to be in the Word. Yeah, you got to be spending time in prayer, talking with Him, and and um, not just talking and then getting up and leaving, but talking and then waiting and sitting and listening yeah. and seeing how God's speaking to you through His Word. And mm-hmm. um, and and that's something that uh, as as defeating as or as pessimistic as this sounds, um, that's that's a lost art I think for us as American Christians mm-hmm. of just taking time to just. Let me just sit here and be with the Lord for mm-hmm, a second, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I think that's something that, something that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, I don't think you and I are alone in that struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with that, just slowing down mm-hmm. and letting the Lord speak to us through mm-hmm. His Word. Um, and that takes that takes time. That takes yeah. effort. It doesn't just happen. You can't just, you know, lay your head on this book at mm-hmm. night and let it seep in. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that. I think that as we grow in our faith, as we grow in our in our walk with the Lord, we begin to understand how desperately we need Him. Mm-hmm. We begin to understand uh, how uh, what our plight is, so that then we then can plead, God, please, I need more of You. Mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. more of You, and I need You to go with me. Not that I want to go. Not that I want You to tag along where I'm going, but I want to mm-hmm. go where You're going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's that's a huge thing. That's good, man. You're, you're just talking, and I'm thinking of other. Other biblical characters have said something similar. Joshua said, "Hey, listen," yeah. uh, and we read this the first week of this series. Is like, listen, you can go and worship the Canaanite guy. You can worship the God from Ethiopia, but mm-hmm. as for me and my house, yeah. So it's like this turning point moment, right? Mm-hmm. It's a turning point with Moses, turning point with 
uh, Barak, turning point with Joshua, and then I think about Jesus being here, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus feeds the 5,000. I mean, there are people just gathered, multitudes yeah. of people there, and, and he begins saying some stuff that's like, wow, these are hard sayings, right? Yeah, yeah. And so people just kind of turn away. They just got yeah. fed. With their with their with their their bellies were fed, but when the when Jesus started trying to feed their spiritual you know, yeah. spiritual bellies, mm-hmm. they're like, "Nah, we don't really want yeah. that." And appreciate the good. meal, but uh, I'm out. And yeah. so they start walking off. Yeah. And he looks at his twelve and he says, "Will you go too?" And yeah. Peter says, in a turning point in Peter's life, Peter says, "Lord, to whom shall we go? Yeah, where would you we go? have the words of eternal life?" Mm-hmm. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Yeah. And, you know, and so it's like that's where we've got to get. It's like I don't want to be where God isn't. Yeah. I want to be where he's going. And uh, and that's that's um, that's huge. That's huge. It is. That's something we have to say every day. We have to remind ourselves of every every day. Well, let's take a turn here. And Jason's going to teach us a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. So as we were kind of thinking through topics, we talked about some doctrinal topics. Mm-hmm. Talked about holiness, first one, which was a great discussion. Yeah, it was. I agree. And uh, we, you know, we said, "Hey, we're going to nerd out with you a little mm-hmm. bit," and hopefully, you hung with us on yeah. that. Jason is currently in a PhD program, yeah, which is very rigorous. <laughs> that that is an understatement. Yes. <laughs> uh and um he's described some of the things that it gives me a little bit of like uh PTSD from my <laughs> D-men program I yeah. just went through as he's talking about the papers he has to write this week and the books he has to read. Mm-hmm. Uh I do think the PhD programs uh, uh a good bit more rigorous than the D-men. So but in, in that, it's a, a PhD in worship. Is that correct? Yeah, theology and worship. Yeah, is theology the and worship. Program, yeah. And so we're gonna we're gonna do this, try it out, maybe do some other segments, yeah. and, and let you teach us some of the things you're learning sure. as you're doing your PhD program in worship, mm-hmm. and uh, and maybe kind of help us understand, you know, your role a little bit more as a worship pastor. You know what what God has called you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I believe when we, when we were looking for a worship pastor what i wanted that uh, you know hoped that would be yeah. more than just a song leader more than just a music director and 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 you know i don't think you get upset when people call you those things but yeah. but uh but there was an intentionality in calling you worship pastor and so with that we're going to learn some things about worship these are biblical concepts biblical yeah. ideas biblical doctrines that we're kind of fleshing out and trying to understand and so Jason's going to share with us today about worship. Tell us what you're what you're going to walk us through it. Yeah, so um, kind of a, a quote unquote hot topic, if you will, over the last few years in in church life, church leadership life has been um, a lot of people saying we just we need to get back. We, we've gotten off track, which I don't disagree with. There there were there were time there was a moment where, especially as the American church, we kind of got off track. We were chasing after some things that weren't bad things but they weren't the thing mm-hmm. that we needed to be chasing after and um and so there was a lot of people that were saying we just we need to get back to worship like they did in the early church we need to get back to a first century church and um i understand the thought behind that i don't necessarily agree with the methodology mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. um because you know um god in his common grace has allowed us over the last 2000 years mm-hmm. to develop as a society here on earth and um, 
I I am so grateful to be living in the time that I live in. I would mm-hmm. much, much, much rather live in 21st century America than I would live in first century Palestine. Oh yeah, no, um, no I, I I love I love when and where I live. Um, that being said, I think there are some things that we can learn from the early church and how they mm-hmm. worshipped together and, and the things they did, the way they conducted themselves. Um, and so, what I want us to do today is, I just want I want us to quickly look at four passages. So are we going to have to sit around in sackcloth and ashes? Is that a thing? Um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's a good question. Um, I'm not going to advocate for that necessarily. Um, you know, if you if want we got to shave that, our heads, we're already ahead of I'm the ahead curve. I'm ahead of the curve. Yeah. yeah, I don't have to worry about that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that that's not what we're going to look at doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to, no, 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 I had I appreciate to draw it, yeah. that out there. Just be funny. I appreciate that. No, I... Um, what I want us to do is I want us to find a common thread here. Yeah. Um, so one, one of the things, like if you were in, a, Kim and I taught a Wednesday night class back in the fall called Threads. Um, th- there's this idea called biblical theology where um, there are threads that you can trace all through Scripture. Like fr- they, they connect Genesis to Revelation. Uh, and one of those threads is worship. There's, yeah. there's something that you can see all the way through <clears throat> Scripture uh, that there's a common theme. And so today... I want us to I want us to find a thread and follow it. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so we're going to look at New Testament because that's when the church started. Was in the Book of Acts is when the church started, and so uh, I want us to look at worship. And I'm going to read. I'm just going to read these four passages. I'm not going to comment on them. I'm just going to read four passages, and then I want us to talk about what's the common denominator here. Okay, so I'm going to start in. Uh, this is Acts chapter two. I'm going to read verses 42 through 47. It says, "And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching." This is like the first uh, believers that have come together uh, after Peter preached at Pentecost. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and they had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had a need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. So that's the first passage. Then I'm going to skip over to Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 8. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort. He was a devout man who feared God with all his household. He gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius, and he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon, who is also called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. When the angel of the Lord spoke to him, he had departed. He called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them off to Joppa. So um, I think the thread already is you have to be named Simon. Is that it? <laughs> that, you know, that's a good that's a good guess. It's a good guess. It's not what we're looking for necessarily. Okay. Okay. But good guess. Good guess. Let's, we'll come back to that. Sorry. Um, I, I'm playing. No, no. I want you to play, man. I'm all about it. Uh, the next passage is Colossians chapter 3. This is verses 15, 16, and 17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then one final passage in Titus chapter 2. We actually talked about this just the other week when we shared our favorite New Testament passages. This was one of mine, Titus 2, verses 11 through 15, where Paul says this, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people of his own possession who are zealous for good works. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority, and let no one disregard you. Now, there is a common denominator, uh, and no, Derek, it is not that you have to be named Simon. That is not the common denominator in worship here. Um, was there anything, Derek, in those four passages that stood out to you necessarily? I definitely, there's a lot of, um, you know, the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, there's importance of, you know, uh, um, No, you're wrong. I'm sorry. Yes, thank you. Sorry. Um, no. <laughs> tell, tell me. Tell me yeah. what I, tell <laughs> no, me what I right. need to see. So the thing, <clears throat> that, the thing you see over and over, and there's other passages that we could go to in the New Testament that mm-hmm. talk about there's not a ton of necessarily like the nuts and bolts of when they got together for church, here's yeah. what they did. There's not a whole lot of passages like that. However, we can draw out from these four passages and from a couple of others that we could have looked at that when they got together, there, there were really three things that happened. Those community, they, they were together, they did things together, they loved one another, they served one another. There was a hunger for the Word of God, that they were reading Scripture, they were teaching one another what God had said. And number three, there was a hunger and a thirst for more of God. Mm-hmm. God, we want more of you. Um, and so all that to say, I, you know, as you look throughout history, you know, in the early church, we, we don't really have, the, like, as you look, if you look at uh, writings from the earliest days of the church, there, there's not a lot of them. But you see, there was a lot of variation in the way that, that people were worshiping Jesus in those mm-hmm. early days. There wasn't like, um, there used to be this thought, like, uh, in the 18th and 19th centuries, there was this thought that it was sort of like there was. You looked at the history of the church as a cone. Mm-hmm. That there was one like one thing that everybody did the same thing right mm-hmm. at the beginning, and then it just sort of branched out from there and got bigger. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, like recent discoveries have shown that it was really more of like an hourglass if you were to look at the history of the church. There was a whole bunch of different things that were going on, and it kind of came to a point in the fourth century when Constantine was. Uh, made Christian legal in, in the Roman Empire, and everything kind of got similar for a little bit, and then it branched out again, and mm-hmm. here we are now. So you had like this hourglass look. And um, the thing that I that that encourages me about, or the thing that encourages me about that, is that um, there's not really one prescribed way in Scripture that says this is exactly how you have to do it. Mm-hmm. 
And the thing that I think is great about that is that if there was this one prescribed way, there would be a lot of legalism going mm-hmm. on. No, 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 you're not doing it the way it says mm-hmm. here. You have to do it just like this. And if you don't do it just like this, you're not really a believer yeah. in God. Well, and that's why I was joking. I know you were. <laughs> because yeah. that's kind of where it gets to. It's like, what do you pick and choose, man? Yeah. Like they gave all their possessions. So do we need to give all our possessions? Mm-hmm. You know? And so, sorry. Yeah, you're right. It. Yeah, Derek, you had said before we started, um, we were talking about that a lot of people look at the book of Acts as like, oh, this is prescriptive. Mm-hmm. This is this is what we're supposed to do all the time. When it, it's not, that's not how the book of Acts yeah. was written. It's it's descriptive in that this is what they did. Mm-hmm. This is what God led them to do at that time. It's not saying that God has now said, okay, this is the way you do it from now on. Right. Um, but here here's really the point of of all of this. Why I'm bringing this up. Um, as your worship pastor, I want you to understand that. Worship is not about a particular style, mm-hmm. and which I know you've heard that before. Worship is not about a typical type of music, which I know you've heard that before. Worship is not about a particular instrumentation, which I know you've heard that before. Worship is about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that is what you see over and over in the New Testament, that regardless of whether everybody lived in sort of like this commune type situation where there's all these people living together, which you see that in Scripture, or whether it was like one guy and his family uh, that were just, they loved God and God spoke to him mm-hmm. and saved him in this miraculous way. Mm-hmm. The thing that you see over and over is that they were chasing after God. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to do. So if by we need to get back to the way they worshiped in the first century, you mean let's chase after God with all of our heart and strength? I'm all for it. Yeah, let's worship like people Mm -hmm. in the first century. If by worship in the first century we need to get back to this set of rules, like this liturgy that Mm -hmm. we follow, I'm not necessarily on board with following with you on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I I think that um, one of the things that you see all throughout the history of the church is that styles in worship is going to change. To be honest, I'm happy that we don't do Gregorian chants in worship Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. That doesn't really speak to me. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody in Latin doing some like yeah, that doesn't speak to me very much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm glad that there are other parts of worship that have worked. So you're not going to be in that section in heaven, right? Probably not going to be in that <laughs> section in heaven. Um, you know, it's probably there's probably going to be one of those sections in heaven, but um, that's yeah. not going to be where I'm going to spend most of my time. Um, yeah. the, the style has changed throughout mm-hmm. history. Style change, and it should. It should to reflect the cultural landscape that you're in. Because if we were, like, as the Fayette First Baptist, if we were dead set on, nope, we got to get back to Gregorian chant. Yeah. That's probably not going to attract a whole lot of people here in Lafayette, Georgia, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe I don't know. You never know. <laughs> maybe there's a huge Gregorian chant crowd out here we're, in Lafayette. Really missing, I don't we're know. missing a, a subsection of <laughs> we're, society. We're missing the boat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if I had to bet, if I were a betting man, I'm not going to put my yeah, money yeah. on. We need to get Gregorian chant back. So we want to reflect <laughs> the culture around us so that we can help more people get on the path to chasing after God. Yeah. That the focus of worship has always and will always be the same. And that mm-hmm. is Jesus, his name lifted up and glorified, and let me chase after him all yeah. the more. You mentioned liturgy, and, and yeah. you know, that's probably not a common <laughs> term in, in people's sure. uh, vernacular yeah. in our com- in our congregation. But mm-hmm. people po- possibly listening to this, or people that come from those traditions where mm-hmm. there is more liturgical. Yeah, it, We're not saying liturgical is bad. No, no, no. It's just... 
Because we have point, a liturgy here at Lafayette First. Liturgy is just an, an order of worship, basically. That's right. A way of doing church. Is what and I like is. some of those old liturgical things kind of mm-hmm. pulled in. I love, I uh, heard a guy where he, you know, he, he'll, he'll read the word of God and he'll, you know, this is, he'll say this is the word of God. And, mm-hmm. um, and they'll uh, say, and this is a common liturgy. What did they say? I can't remember. It's like, um, blessed be the name of the Lord or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, um, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that obviously I'm not very good at that yeah, liturgy. Okay. But all that to say is, is the point of it, whatever your liturgy is, is mm-hmm. the point of it the liturgy? Yeah. Or the Savior that it represents right. and points you to, right? Exactly. And so that's I think point. that's you know that's that's the idea of any mm-hmm. aspect. You know, I'm yeah. surprised you didn't read the passage. And I know it's somewhere. I think it's in the you know uh, book of Second Hesitations, where um, it talks about you know preachers should preach a 45 minute sermon. So <laughs> well, I wanted to shy away from that today because I didn't know how deep we were going. Okay. So um, maybe next time we yeah. can talk about that. It doesn't yeah. say that, by the way, yeah. and it doesn't say. Uh, a lot about what a, a preaching moment should be. Honestly, yeah. the whole point is that also just to clear up pointing people to Jesus. There is no book of second hesitations. No, no. <laughs> book of my Bible don't have that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what Bible's he reading out of? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, no I mean, you're right. Surely I, people know. Yeah, hopefully it, they know. I was just joking on that. Yeah, and so I think the point of all of this is that the, the thing that I'd love for for you to hear today is that um, we so often get hung up on things that don't matter. Yeah. So often get hung up on things that don't matter because you come into a church service and maybe you think, man, I didn't like that song or I didn't like the way that they did this. And hear me say this in the most loving way possible. It really doesn't matter what you think about a certain song or a certain way of doing things. And I, I say that with, with a little bit of hesitation, but I want you to understand that what matters is, did you connect with Jesus? Did you connect with the Lord? And um, if you didn't, let's have a conversation about that. Then. Yeah. Was it what, what was the reasoning behind that? Yeah. And that's something for a different time that mm-hmm. we can talk about. But um, what matters is, am I chasing after the Lord? Am I seeing other people chase after the Lord at the same time? Am I seeing people connect with God? Am I seeing people dig into Scripture more so that they can know more about Him? Uh, and if so, let me get on board with that. Mm-hmm. Let me get on board with chasing after the Lord. Maybe Let me get on board with digging into His Word deeper so that we can all, again, go back to the same focus that has been the focus since the day after Peter preached his sermon at Pentecost, and that was seeking after the Lord with all their heart and trying to live in a way that honors Him on this earth. Yeah, and helping other people to do that as well. Exactly, you know? exactly. So I think I'm the host, so I think I'm supposed to do this. Our, our time is up, <laughs> mm-hmm. but this is a great conversation that we'd love to continue. Mm-hmm. And, and and I want to be fair, too. It doesn't it doesn't just matter what you like or or, li- or didn't like, you know, exactly. your your preference or whatever. It's yeah, ours same, either. Same thing ours for us, either. you yeah. know. Um, you know, it's you know we felt led to these things. We felt led to these songs. Mm-hmm. We heard about a, a the song, one of the songs we sang yesterday, mm-hmm. really helped uh, Allie to kind of yeah answer her, God's call in her heart. Mm-hmm. We you played that months ago, yeah. you know, uh, through God's leadership. So you know this this God uses those things, and Absolutely. that's the, that's got to be the point. So with that, uh, tell us, um, you know, tell us. What is it 
that helps you in a worship service, helps you focus more on Jesus, not the mm-hmm. element, but the Savior. What 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 is yeah. that? What is it? Um, you know, a prayerful song, a, you know, message. Is it a time of prayer? You know, what helps you truly, truly to focus on Jesus and grow yeah. in your relationship with Jesus? And uh, we'd love to hear that. Uh, you can send that to the path at LafayetteFirst.life. And so we're so thankful for you being here with us today. I'm Derek. I am Jason. And we hope that you'll join us next time as we continue down the path. God bless.